This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon, this is Live and Learn on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Navigating the art world is tricky. Being creative is one thing, but navigating the business side of being a successful artist requires one to be an entrepreneur, a marketer, uh, accountant, sales expert, inventory manager, so many more social media strategies. It can be quite overwhelming. So that's where an artist coach comes in, bringing the expertise to the intersection of creativity and personal growth. So today on the show, I'm joined by Malo Mokta. She is an artist coach. She helps artists achieve their career goals and guide them through their challenges. She believes in unleashing the business potential within every artist. She joins me now to share more. Welcome, Malo. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. So I think... Um, First off the bat, let's just talk about what an artist coach is, right? I don't think, I mean, before I met you, though, I had not heard of that. You know, you've heard of other coaches, life coaches, but not specifically an artist coach. Can you tell us what an artist coach does? I think the best way to describe what an artist coach is, is to really go back to the beginnings of it as to why I started it. Art schools make great artists. There are so many creative people out there, even if they don't go to art school. The thing is, is that I found that the business aspect was lacking. So when I met artists, when I was working in galleries and institutions, they didn't know how to run their business. So where I come in as an artist coach is guide the artists on all aspects of their business. And as you mentioned, for, um, for example, with early career artists, I really focus on them developing their signature style, for example, understanding how to structure their studio practice. For example, half of the time might be in the studio, the other half of the time might be marketing and networking, where else in with the artists that are more seasoned or mid-career or professionals, I would really guide them more in terms of strategy. Okay. It's less critiquing of the artwork. So an artist coach really covers all aspects of their business from beginning to end. Okay. And I just want to go quickly then to something you mentioned. So you also, you studied art as well, fine art, did you? I was actually a creative. Are you a creative? In okay. high school, I did theatre, I did art, and... Um, unfortunately, my father was a type that said, mm, I don't think we really need that back in Malaysia. So I selected one and I wanted to go to art school. So I never got to become an artist. Uh, but that also comes to an advantage when I coach artists. I understand their mindset. I understand the practice. I understand the medium. So I do have that creative background. Okay. But again, as you said, you saw, uh, you know, artists struggling, isn't it? And you saw that there was a there was a gap that needed filling. And, and yes, yeah. So there's a gap that needs filling, and I came about it quite accidentally. I came across so many artists in my career in New York, and they have amazing talent. But they always had questions that came up that were always the same questions. Um, it would either cover pricing or a bit of insecurity or unsure uncertainty or they're not sure if their body of work is good enough. And so I merged two of my skill sets um, of teaching of as a coach and my experience in the market. And so it came by accident and I thought, wow, I really love this work. And the feedback that I got was from the artists were 
hey, you know, no one ever taught me this. The schools never taught me this. Mm -hmm. No one teaches me the practical parts of things. And I thought, why not make a living out of this? And so here I am. (laughs) I want to also ask you about your time in New York. So you worked Mm -hmm. in uh, various galleries, you know, how did all of those experiences come to shape, uh, you know, what you're doing today? Working in New York is a hustle. Mm. If you think you're that great in the gallery, say as a gallery assistant, there's always 20 more that can take your place. So that was a huge impact on me because as soon as I got into one gallery, I started at the very bottom. And then it was literally jumping in a deep end in a small gallery. I had to do everything from start to finish. I had to be the registrar. I had to be um, the personal assistant. I got to do sales deck. I got to design uh, exhibition publications. So that gave me a lot of experience as to the inner workings of a gallery. And from there, when I joined other galleries, Then I used my experience to my advantage where I could gain more responsibility. But also being in the New York market really exposed me to the international art market standards. So how I use that in my coaching is I always set the artists up for international success. I always set them up for playing a bigger picture, not only in the Malaysian market, but in the ASEAN region and overseas. So when I teach them, I teach them not only about the international art market, but the standards of it. Like, how do you deal with a client? How do you price your artworks? Um, It's always, I'm setting you up for the bigger picture, but Mm -hmm. let's work on the smaller steps towards it. Okay, okay. And again, that would have come with a lot of, um, as you said, a lot of experience, a lot of research as well, right? I mean, how do you inform yourself as well about what is needed, uh, you know, to help these artists? So I've worked in galleries, nonprofits, and institutions in the New York area. And when I was really exposed to the ins and outs, so I was exposed to understanding what their agenda was, what is their purpose. And so I applied it to my coaching because I was interactive with so many artists and they would ask the same questions but there was always a disconnect of here's the artist here's the gallery or here's the institution but the way they approach or the way they wanted to bridge it they didn't know how and so what I did was really I do seminars as well where I teach the foundations basically the theoretical aspects of everything art business. And then I do one-on-one coaching where I then tailor it to what their goals are. Okay. Okay. So, so again, you know, um, it's also being, um, being updated with what's going on, going on around the art world, you know, not just uh, in New York, not just in Malaysia, but globally as well, keeping up with the trends and, and all of that as well. Right. Yes. It's definitely keeping up with the trends. And I think, I think the reason why I have difficulty answering this question is because subconsciously it's kind of built in where I'm always reading articles. There's so many artist platforms. Um, Not only that, it's reading the news, what's going on. It's also looking at the socioeconomic and political um, news that's going on around the art world at the moment. So for me, it's something I love. Um, And it's also something I encourage my artists to do where you really have to look 
at the bigger picture in the art world so that you can maneuver. And that's one of the things I also teach my artists is that do you really know the market? Let's look at who the players are. Let's look at this matrix. You are here. Your intention is to go from A to B. So the artist, it's really to sell their artworks to the client. But then you have on one half of the art market, which is the profit making. That's where galleries, auction houses come to play. And then on the other half is very what I like to call the cerebral, the academic, where it's exhibitions, say, for example, with nonprofits or museums. So really, for me, I have to read up on both aspects. And because I have experience on both aspects, I know how to coach my artists, um, how to move forward and how to maneuver. Okay, if you want to sell, let's go this way. Mm -hmm. If you just really want to get work with the community or work with institutions, then you have to take this path. So it's really understanding that matrix of the art market, but also understanding the agenda, mm -hmm. which I think is something that I also teach the artists like, Agenda seems to be such a bad word, but it's like you have to talk to them based on what they want. Yeah, so they have to have to know their goals as well, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, okay. So, okay. And I'm going to ask you about some of the trends that coaches see among artists looking to improve, but let's just go for a quick break, Malo. I'm speaking today to Malo Mokta. She's an artist coach. We're talking about all the work that she does, uh, which is, of course, to help uh, artists actually achieve their career goals and guide them through challenges. She does believe in unleashing the business potential within every artist. We'll find out more after this quick break. Keep it here on Live and Learn on The Bigger Picture. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Live and Learn on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. In the studio with me today is Malo Mokta. She's an artist coach. She is helping artists to navigate that very tricky uh, business side of being an artist. You know, how to be an entrepreneur, how to market your work, how to be an accountant, all of that. Uh, and Malo is an artist coach who helps artists achieve their career goals. She helps them. She helps to guide them through challenges. She wants to unleash the business potential within every artist. So Malo, of course, you know, has a lot of experience from New York. Uh, she's back in Malaysia and she's just sharing uh, some of her experiences and hoping to help artists as well uh, locally. And you do also uh, do work abroad as well, of course, right? Yes. Okay. I just was curious, you know, like, so... You know, and when I was reading up about uh, artist coaching, right? So it's it's a it's quite a growing uh, uh, area, right? Are you seeing any trends, you know, as a coach among artists? Like, what sort of trends are you seeing from artists who want to improve? What are some of the things that they are approaching you for? It's always around issues or questions about pricing the artwork. Okay. How do I penetrate through the art market? How do I get gallery representation? Are these works good? Or And I have clients would that come up to me and say, hey, I have four exhibitions. I, I'm just not sure how to plan it out. Or for some clients, it's about legacy planning, and they're at a stage where I just want to make sure that my art and all the sketches or the studies are put into good hands when I'm no longer around. Mm. So there's so many topics. I don't think there's a topic I have not touched upon. Okay. Uh, another thing is that I don't necessarily tell my clients, but when I meet them and there's a question about, say, that stems from uncertainty or insecurity, I also will coach on that because I believe I could never separate the person and the, the artist. And so I also coach on mindset. Mm 
because there's no point of me sometimes telling the artist price it at 5,000 ringgit when they're insecure, unsure, very much afraid or very shy to price it at that price. So it's really not about the price. It's really about the person believing in themselves to price it at such a rate. So Mm -hmm. Some of my concerns also that I do address is about mindset, about really talking them through that, okay, why do you feel that way? So I had one artist say to me, that was a great session. That was a very therapeutic life coaching business session. And I accept that. There are some artist coach that says, get a therapist. I'm just here to talk about the business, which is completely valid. But for me, I'm my passion is really connecting with artists heart to heart yeah. so that they create these goals because I feel that is my way to effectively be a coach. And so I will touch base on that. Okay. And I guess, you know, you, the, there must be a role also, I suppose, in self-reflection and introspection, right, uh, in an artist growth, right? And how do you... How do you facilitate that process? With a lot of questions. Okay. (laughs) So the one thing that when I do seminars or when I do one-on-one coaching, the artist realizes I ask a lot of questions and I will never offer a pill that will solve everything. There's a lot of hard work that has to come from the artist, but I approach it with a lot of sensitivity and love. And so I really just ask them questions. But on my end, that's a great responsibility for an artist to be vulnerable, to share some of their very scariest moments, because a lot of artists fear rejection. A lot of artists fear that they're not good enough, or a lot of artists also fear criticism. So it's really up to me to always start with the foundation of any session or any coaching or any seminar is to always build trust, to always build that safety and to always come from a place of I'm here out of love and I will hold space for you regardless of what you share with me. And so from there, when I ask the questions and they answer, I will give them that grace and that space, but I will also dig in. Um, And that also comes from me being a personal development trainer as well. So I understand as well, if I'm going to open Pandora's box, I also know how to leave it better off. Okay. Okay. Excellent. And, and, you know, when you're also helping them to... I guess, you know, because you are looking at trends, you're looking at what's happening across the world as well, right? Do you also help them develop maybe, I don't know, an artistic voice, a unique artistic voice and style while also encouraging experimentation, exploration? You know, is that something that you also work on with the artists? Yes. And... It's never a one-size-fits-all. So I always see what the artist's goal is, but I will always question the goal, not because I doubt, but because sometimes there's this huge wave of artists thinking, I'm going to be an artist, I need gallery representation. So I kind of demystify that for the artist and say, is this really what you want? Uh Like, is this really your goal? And then I will work with them to maneuver through the art market with that goal. And goals change, people change, artists change as well. So I always then follow up and say, okay, let's look at the data. Let's look, let's touch base. Is this what you want? But the one thing I will never do is maneuver an artist where they should be. Or, hey, the market, this is the trend. Go there. Okay, say, for example, the market is going towards abstraction. 
I will never say stop doing figurative drawing and go to abstraction. What I would do is I would ask them, okay, if you want to do abstraction, let's look at where we can maneuver from there. If the market is weak there, okay, let's let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. Let's see how else we can strategize so that you're still true to you, but take advantage of the market, even though the trend isn't there. Okay. All right. Got you there. So, so it's a lot of like, I guess tailor tailor making, right? Um, uh, solutions for for whoever comes to you for help, isn't it? It's all about the individual, actually, quite a quite a bit. Yes, and that's what I love about it because it's not a cookie cutter approach. When I teach my seminars, it's very theoretical, so it applies to everyone. Mm. For example, when I do a seminar on networking or pricing. It applies to everyone. But the strategy is the part I love most where it's very individualized. And and as much as we can create a bigger picture goal, it can be daunting for the artist. So that's when I come up with strategic smaller steps. Okay, let's do this first. Try this first. And then let's look at the data. Did our assumption work? Mm -hmm. And then, okay, it did. Let's move forward. So... There's always room to pivot uh, because things happen to the artist. There's always circumstances that changes. So it's, it's always a fluid approach and it pivots. And I love that aspect when, when I come in, it's, it's like, okay, what's on the menu today? What are we, what are we tackling? And that, that's always the best way because when I talk to them, sometimes artists think they need something in one area, but actually the root of it is a different area. Mm. So this is why coaching um, really helps because it's that dialogue, that that organic conversations allows me to collect data as well and realize, oh, actually, we need to steer it this way. Let's not even focus on a gallery representation, for example, but you need to focus on a body of work. Mm, okay, okay. So very, very, okay. So very niche, um, not niche, very um, specific uh, solutions for specific artists, isn't yes. it? Right? That's how it works. Okay, got it. And would you be able to share any success stories or maybe some memorable experiences from your coaching practice that I guess highlight the impact of guidance on an artist's career or artistic journey? So when it comes to my seminars, uh, this I would usually have about 30 to 40 people. The feedback that I get is that they say, oh, that was great. No one taught me the practical approach to pricing artworks or closing a sale. In terms of my clients, I had, I have one client where when we looked at her data, she has two tiers of artworks. One is a great entry-level price. One is a fine art price. So the entry-level price is what I would label as merchandise. So I looked at her pricing and I said, you know, you can raise your price by by 50%. And then she did. And then I said, when after two months, when we looked at the data, I asked her, did the raising in prices, did you lose sales? She goes, no, actually, I can't kind of keep up with demand. So now I'm strategizing with her saying that let's raise the prices, but eventually you're already going to be at a space where you don't need your low end price points of less than 500 ringgit. You can work with more corporations to design and illustrate Um so that's one of my fun success stories where I didn't have to come in and critique on the art form, but it was 
strategy. Another thing that I love is when I work with artists that are just starting out, I build a structure for them as to how they can really experiment and explore. And really the best feedback for me the biggest success stories for me is when they feel empowered and excited and confident in moving forward. And truly the biggest honor as a coach is when my clients can make decisions for themselves and they don't cling on me for it. And so I notice the first few times like they'll WhatsApp me um, and I'll give them tips and everything. And then after that, they know. And mm-hmm. so my coaching with them is at a different level, a more strategic level, which I absolutely love. Okay. All right. Then that, that's really excellent because I think as you keep saying, they don't teach you this in school, in art school. No. Yeah, you just kind of like, you know, yes, I'm creative. Yes, I'm doing this beautiful body of works. But then what? Right. You're kind of like navigating this really scary really scary jungle out there. Yes, actually. and it. I found that even some artists, they don't know how to approach a gallery. They don't know if they close a sale, how to price the works, mm-hmm. or they don't know how to talk to a client or what's the perspective of the client because they're so, artists are just amazing people and sometimes all they think about is just their creative process, which is great. So I provide that perspective. So some, what I like to do is have kits like uh, closing sales kits or pricing artwork kits and things like that. So they could always refer to that. And, um, I'm just always excited when someone attends my session and they feel empowered or they could even apply it to their business. And I always make sure that that's the case. So when I'm with a client, it's never about me. It's always about them. It's, But the moment I speak, it can be quite intense in the sense where I always give as much information as I can to to just really empower them to to navigate on their own. Mm-hmm. So I would, would I be right in saying there's, you know, quite a lot of importance on maybe goal setting? There's a lot, is there like a lot of accountability as well that uh, in that coaching process uh, so that you can keep the artist motivated and also very focused on what they what they want to achieve? Yes. So a lot of my coaching is mindset, clarity, And I've said this to quite a number of artists. They're always talking, oh, what about this exhibition? Or should I go overseas and to that gallery? I tell them all the time, before you can run the marathon, you need to crawl. (laughs) And, And so, and sometimes they get quite frustrated, but because they attend my session, I built that trust where, okay, I trust your process. So a lot of it is mindset clarity. Let's get clear about your goals. Are these your goals or what society says what you should do? After that is a lot of strategy and analysis. On my part where I come in, which the artists some almost always um, might not be so great at, is analysis of their their data. So that's another huge mistake that artists doesn't do. They don't collect data, their sales data, their inventory data, their client data, or their inquiry data. I would, before a session, I will analyze their data and already have a pathway in mind Mm. based on what their goals are. So I'll come in, like I mentioned, mindset, uh, clarity, give my analysis of the data, and then we strategize long-term and short-term goals. Uh, So that is an example of how I work with artists more long-term, where it's, for example, four sessions over the span of three or four months. 
But then also there are some artists that say, no, I just need to focus on this one thing, this one area. So I'll still take the same approach of analysis. And their goal is already set in that one session. So it, I'll just give them actionable steps from there. Okay, okay. I, I like that you brought up like that's a common mistake that they make, that artists make, right? What are some of the other ones that, you know, you've noticed in while well, being an artist coach? They, the assumption that a gallery is the pathway to go. I have many gallery friends and I respect them and that's where I got a lot of my experience. So it's not a disrespect to them. But I think a lot of people think, a lot of artists say, oh, gallery is the way to go. That's the first mistake. And I always like to challenge that assumption. The other mistake that artists make is really not understanding the foundations of building a business. Everything is a Every aspect is part of your business. So it's, I've seen artists that aren't organized, but create excellent artworks or present themselves in a way where I get a PDF and I thought, oh, you really need to improve the PDF if a client wants to buy it. So that's a few of the mistakes. So as I mentioned, one of the mistakes is the assumption that the gallery is the way to go. I challenge that assumption, not because I don't believe in it, but because I feel that they need to be clear as to what their goals are, because I've seen successful artists not go through the gallery route. Mm. The second one is always trying to put a Band-Aid on an issue, but not really going to the core of the issue. Mm. Um, I've had people say, for example, with pricing, it's like, oh, Malo, I priced it at this price, but I keep always giving discounts. Then I realized, okay, that's a really a mindset issue. So to improve as an artist, you also have to improve as a person. And uh, that is something, a mistake that artists make. It's like um, that, I don't know if I would call it a mistake, but the assumption that if I do this in my business, it will go well, but it's always linked to the person as well. Okay. Another mistake or an area that artists really overlook is the importance of networking, where it's not just networking about, let me find the next gallery or let me find the next client. It's also, are you networking in terms of collaborations? Are you networking with other artists? And so when they do network, it's always, I want something, I want something, I want something. But really... One of the things that I say about networking, it's about building bridges. It's about playing the long game. So you also need to do your part in networking. How may I be of service? So before you can ask anything, I I ask them, did you give something? Did you wish them happy holidays? Did you did you visit their their gallery? Did you say hello? Or yeah, so so that's also another mistake that I see or something that um I don't know if I call it a mistake, but something that seems to be overlooked and that keeps repeating all the time. Okay. All right. So so you kind of, I mean, you're also seeing trends, I suppose, right? Trends, if you want to call it that. But you understand the areas that uh, are quite common uh, for artists to overlook, perhaps. Uh, and, and that's where you come in and you sort of, um, yeah, you advise them, you guide them and you help them through it. And, and help them to be the best artist that they can be. So creative, of course, is one side, right? But then how do you get people to know about your art, right? That's always the struggle as well. Yes. And so I I love it when an artist has a distinctive point of view because then it makes my work easier. Mm-hmm. So then it's, it's like, okay, let's work on... 
let's work on the strategy. Um, and however, I do have clients where they're really not at a point where they want to sell. They're at a point where they're just trying to discover what am I as an artist? Um, is this my style? Am I copying someone's style? So there's a lot of questions in their mind. So what I love to do also is to structure a session where I get the artist to tap into their flow, uh, which is a very spiritual, personal thing. And flow, I define it as that moment where you're just in the present and when you're creating, you're not thinking and you quieten all that doubt or what the industry is saying or the, even the trends outside and everything. So that's something I also love to do is to encourage artists to tap into that inner creative intuition as well. Okay. You know, um, we're just running out of time a little, but you know, if any for any artist who's listening, for anyone actually, right, and you wanted to just tell them one thing, one message to them, what would that be? It would be two things. Okay. One is to... Always make a stand for your distinctive point of view. Your distinctive point of view will always evolve as you as a person and artist evolves. Always make a stand for that. Don't do what you think you should feed the market with or what people will buy or if it will sell. Always have a distinctive point of view and stand by it. The second would always be tap into your creative flow. Never lose touch with the love of you being creative. The moment you lose touch about it and come from a cerebral or overthinking point of view, that's when you create artworks that just won't resonate with people. So those are the two things. Okay. All right. Well, Melo, thank you so much, you know, for, for sharing that. It's been really enlightening. Um, you know, if folks would like to get in touch uh, with you, what's the best way that they can do that? The best way is to find me on my Instagram account. It's M-E-L-O-R dot M-O-K-H-T-A-R. Okay. Melo dot Mokhtar. And uh, uh, we can also email you at uh, hello at melomokhtar.com. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. Make right. sure it's with an O, not a U. Yes. M-E-L-O-R. <laughs> okay. Melo, thank you so much for joining me today. I was speaking to Malur Mokta, an artist coach. If you'd like to find out more, again, just head to her Instagram page. So that's Malur with an M-E-L-O-R dot Mokhtar uh, at Instagram, of course. But if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash learn. You can also find it on the BFM app. This has been Live and Learn on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.